Down to Business in Lincoln is hosted by Polly Requa. Polly is a senior account executive at Broadcast House Media and founder of Bark and Wag, selling pet accessories and host of Bark and Wag 15-Minute Vet Talk podcast. Polly sits down with industry leaders and discusses motivation, business strategy, and what makes them tick. Whether you're a new entrepreneur looking for next-level advice, a current business owner ready to expand, or just love talking shop, listen in and join the conversation with Polly's Down to Business in Lincoln. Welcome to Down to Business in Lincoln. I'm your host, Polly Requa. Today, we're talking to Sarah, owner of Madsen's Bowling and Billiard Center. Welcome, Sarah. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Polly. I'm really excited to do this with you. Yes. Thanks for being on the podcast. So tell me, how did Madsen start? Oh my gosh. Well, we have to go way back. Okay. Um, I wasn't alive, so I'll do my very best to tell the story. But, um, you know, Madsen's actually started as a furniture store in University Place, which if you're familiar, that's 48th and like Adams area. And then my grandpa, who was a very big bowler and billiards player, you know, got kind of struck a little gold with understanding that there were consumers and, and a market for roller skating, dance club, arcade, bowling alley, billiards, um, and decided to create a family fun center, which was originally named Snooker Bowl. And that started in 1963. <laughs> Snooker is a type of billiards. It's kind of a yes. far cry in the past. Uh-huh. But not a lot of people know it, but it was super duper popular in the 50s and 60s and kind of into the 70s. So Snooker Bowl was built and formed and born. Um, and that actually name lasted until about 1980. And then we went back to our roots and renamed it Madsen's Bowling and Billiards Center. Um, and shortly after opened EJ's Lounge which is you know our bar and restaurant that is located within the building so, so is uh, have you been yeah. at that you've been in that space since the 80s we've actually been in that space since 19 before probably the late 50s because the furniture store did move into that massive building okay that we have madsen's bowling and billiards in and then in 1963 we opened the doors as snooker bowl okay and uh i have to go back to something that you said did you have roller skating so the um, the original uh, building was Lincoln Rink. I have some really amazing photos of this. And it was just a huge roller skating rink, which is very cool because my mom was a roller skater, a figure skater on roller skates. I know, how funny. And my dad was a bowler, a pro bowler. And so there's a lot that, that goes into like that, that roller rink and then becoming a bowling alley for me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a roller skating rink and a dance club. It was it, it was a, a whole thing, um, continues to be a whole thing as far as I'm concerned. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, if the walls could talk. Oh my gosh. Oh no, Polly, you have to hear this, right? So my uncle was saying something about putting out like an APB on anyone who had met their significant other at Madsen's over the course of the years. So I'm telling this story to somebody, I'm at Hollywood Bowl, cause I know a lot of people over there. And the guy running the bar was like, I met my wife at Madsen's. And I was like, oh, that's insane. Oh my gosh, so you yes. could do like a, uh, <laughs> do a Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how cool, right? Oh my God, that's a riot. So. How did you get involved now? I mean, I know it's family, but my family's had family businesses and both my sister and I said, no, thanks. So (laughs) hell no, we won't go. Yes. 
So, yeah, you know what? It wasn't really a plan, but I, Sarah Madsen, love a no plan plan. I think that's kind of how I've operated my entire life. I mean, I grew up there, so I'm familiar with the inner workings of the building, you know, from just like sort of the guest and family capacity, but not necessarily from the business capacity. However, when my father passed away in 2019, I inherited his portion of the share of the business, right? There were four boys, each boy got I hate calling them the boys. My uncles um, each got a portion of the business, an equal portion of the business. So I inherited my dad's. Now I had planned to be a silent partner, maybe gift my shares to another Madsen. Just like you, I had no interest necessarily in being like an, an owner or an active member of this business. And the reason was, is I had a pretty thriving advertising career. Okay. At that time, I was the chief operating officer of a global influencer marketing company called Takumi, um, headquartered out of London um, with satellite offices in uh, New York, Chicago, and LA. I was running the US market there. I had plenty to do, and that was what I had spent my time doing. So I had no, I, what, why, yeah, why come back to Lincoln? Bowling alley. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know, stars crashed, aligned, big bang, you know, COVID happens. New York is a little bit of a scary and unsafe place during COVID. My husband and I start to get a little antsy and say, hey, you know, you know, we've been here for 16, 17 years. Should we maybe try to make a move and do something different? We became digital nomads for about 18 months and we lived on the road and we lived out of Airbnbs. I'm telling you, I got crazy stories. And in that time of just sort of I don't know, searching, um, still working in, in my ad career, I started to get a little bit more involved in understanding what was going on at Madsen's. And it became really interesting to me. I also, in my career in advertising, went and worked in startups to help them build, either build from the ground up or rebuild after a significant period of time in business. Some businesses, when they reach like a one, a five, a 10 year mark, they start to get they need new people, they need fresh perspective in order to like make it to the next milestone of one, five and 10 years. So that's where I came in. So it kind of scratched a niche for me when I was thinking about, wow, it's a nearly 60 year old business. Let's bring it into the modern era. Mm -hmm. Let's remarket it to a new base of customers since our customers were aging and our, our business wasn't really changing. And so that, that started to make me interested and then, so that's just light, and I still am not going to be a full-time owner. Fast forward to, we decided to maybe settle down and put our roots in Lincoln after this nomad thing we were doing, which was super fun. Yeah. Um, and we were just going to chill in Lincoln for a little bit, not necessarily stay, and it just, you know, one thing led to another. I have a, a, an amazing group of friends here, a lot of family here, so it made a lot of sense. Husband loves it here. And then my husband got a little bit more involved in Madsen's in helping my cousin Ben sort of do some rebuilds that he wanted to do. And so then I got really interested in it. And then all of a sudden, Ben really wanted to go off and do his own thing. More power to him. He'd spent 13 years there. And so basically overnight, it was September 1st, he handed his resignation to us. And we said, we, we, we sat on it on September 2nd and on September 3rd. That's when we started to make the plans of being full-time owners in Madsen. So, I mean, gosh, there's probably even more detail in there that I'm leaving out for sake of time. Sure. But yeah, it was, it was really a moment of, hey, would you like to carry the mantle of a 60 year old business with your last name on it and see how you could make that something of your own. And then of course, just bring it back into what my grandfather always wanted it to be, which was this community center. It's a community center. Yeah. It mainstay in Northeast Lincoln and now, you know, all over Lincoln. So that's kind of the 
way to answer that question, Polly. Okay, so <laughs> when your cousin resigned, do you still have the three other brothers as owners? Good question. Good question. So four, four brothers, my dad passed away 2019. My uncle Jim, who ran the bar largely passed away in 2010. So there's just two brothers left. Okay. Myself and my cousin as well. So just, we're a little family of the Madsons. Okay. And so, yep, just, just a few of us left. And really it's myself and my uncle Tom, who's Tom's Q sticks. If anybody's ever gone into Madsons, they've experienced Tom Madsen. It's he and I and my husband that are, that are really leading and steering the ship right now. Okay. And uh, yeah, so another podcast will definitely be the mo- Nomad <laughs> because, oh my gosh, I have so many great stories from that experience. Yeah. Wow. If anybody ever gets an opportunity to do that, it is, it will change the way you see the world for sure. How many states did you go to? Oh gosh, every single state west of Nebraska, okay. except for the Dakotas is where we spent time. Okay. And our, I mean, it's hard to say what our favorite was. It, but and it was very strategic, right? It was COVID. Everything was closed. My husband is a musician, played music, right? In clubs and bars in New York City. Couldn't do that. So I was like, hey, let's go on tour. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just going to be a fake tour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we went to where we knew wide open spaces were, where we could spend time outside. We also started in the Southwest, where we obviously knew there was going to be warmer weather in the wintertime. And that, yeah, we uh, Arizona was amazing. Oregon was amazing. We spent some time in Eureka, California. I, you could do a whole entire pod to, podcast on that freaking town. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, Montana, we went to all the national parks. We went absolutely eight on national parks. We've got the passport book now. We're obsessed with hitting every single national park in the United States. But yes, the nomad thing was a wild experience and definitely changed the way we looked at our entire world. Yeah. So my daughter, she's at Berkeley and a senior and a competitive oh, cool. snowboarder. And oh, how cool! she kind of wants to live that life after <laughs> she graduates in May. And I have a side business called Bark and Wag. And I told her I would make sure she had all the product and she could go to every <gasps> art show in Montana, yes. Idaho, Colorado, and um, oh gosh, yes so that's a that is like a built-in success right there yeah she, she would do so well with that brand in those markets yeah so um, and have a I'd love to when she comes to visit although I've just moved from Colorado to Nebraska and she has said that she's not coming to visit me <laughs> oh no she needs to see our side of Nebraska. I know, I love it. Our side of Lincoln. I it's, love it. Uh, it. The good life, it's truly the good life. Yes, I love it. And I get to meet all of these nice people like yourself. And uh, so anyway, but when she does come to visit, we will definitely come to Madsen's and you can tell her all about this experience because Happy to. Uh, I love watching all of the younger generation do this and it's on TikTok, on Instagram, and it's just fabulous because my generation, which I'm older than you, you always had to be in the office and that's so yep. archaic and it just doesn't work like that anymore. 
Uh, Polly, by the way, you're probably not older than me. I'm probably older than you. I'm 44 years old and like reinventing my life at 44. Yes. I've I've been doing that for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As previously stated, I was like, I'm a no plan plan kind of person. So it works for me. But I also think it's important for anyone who's like sort of sitting and antsy about making a change. You can totally do it. It is by no means easy or simple, but it is absolutely doable with the right kind of grit. Yeah. And sort of an element of fearlessness. But yes, yeah, no. And that not, not and that's young. and that's really that's probably what you needed. The steps you went through, you mm-hmm. needed to walk into an establishment that had been in a community for over 60 years because you needed to see what was out there in all these other locations to know yep. how to market it and how to make yep. it successful. I That is like the only way, that was my school, that was my education sure. on how I could step in here and do this. Not not to discount spending you know nearly 20 years in advertising, which is just you know the game of understanding the way people work, the way to communicate with people, the way to activate people, right? Which is running a business in any sort of capacity. But I do, I, I agree. I think it's just sort of out and experiencing the world in many different formats helps you walk into something and say, okay, I think I can figure this out. Yeah, <laughs> And yeah. I have an amazing staff of people who have been at Madsen for a really long time. That's probably propping me up more than I could ever even give them credit for. Yeah, we, um, and, that's and wonderful. Me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So based on this, what is the future for Madsons? Yeah, I mean, gosh, I feel like we're reinventing it every day. And I'm also not trying to say this is exactly what we're going to do because I don't want to put myself in a box or put Madsons in a box. It's been in a box for 60 years. And I think that there is there's a new generation. Let's think about this, right, of of COVID, post-COVID world, and then that sort of very online world that we were already going to be in anyway, regardless of the way COVID switched us to sort of remote work and living on Zooms and stuff. Madsons is a place where you could actually have some very easy access to community and built-in entertainment. So it's not just a place where you're like a coffee shop and you're just going to go sit there, probably isolate within yourself. But this is like an active entertainment place with games. And games sort of call in people to compete and interact and i think that that's where we need to lean in is like you guys are you're holed up all day oftentimes even missing the camaraderie of an office and trust me i know some people are going to be like oh hell no i never want to go to an office again there's people i don't like there i don't want to commute i totally get that but i will say after three and a half years of doing the zoom life i missed some community and some connection with people it does help you do better work be a little bit more invested and just be a little bit more inspired i totally agree so i think i'm probably a big fan of a hybrid workspace Anyway, that's a whole other podcast too that I would love to talk about sort of the future of work. But back to your question about where does Madsons go is how do we really create that community center? How do we really create a place where people can come and meet and be IRL and and connect again and connect really easily in like a fun way? Um, And then of course, because it's family owned, it's like sort of leaning into that aspect too. It's like making it a really safe place for families to come to, a safe place for friends and family to come and hang out. What are you gonna do on the holidays? I don't know what to do. Let me see what go- what's going on at Madsen's. So I treat it like a community center. I program. Every single day there's something to do at Madsen's that's curated, that if you were just a single, you could say, I'm gonna go down there and I know I'm gonna meet some people or I know I'm gonna be taken care of. All of that's built in. Like you could literally walk in the doors and spend an entire evening in there and be fully entertained and feel like you're really part of something. That's my goal. Okay. Now what the details, I've got no idea. 
right? Does it mean that we bring bowling leagues back at a crazy scale? Maybe. Um, but I think I'm, I'm also really listening to the community and what's resonating with them. Uh, so you could ask me this question in a year. I think it might be a bit of a different answer. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And so what, being part of the business, what has been a positive? Oh, my gosh. Well, going back to even just what I was saying, having even just spending my life in advertising, you know, big conference rooms of big deal people at big deal brands doing big deal deals, you know, millions of dollars of deals. Like that was a very cool experience. The fact that I get to be local with people that live right around the corner that I get to see every day sometimes or every other day, I've developed really, really solid relationships with our regulars. I think we're calling in a whole new consumer base, a customer base as well. I think my biggest positive is really being with the people and seeing what I can do to just make life fun. I love, I love fun. I'm kind of, I just believe that life can be fun. You do have to create it for yourself. And I love to be able to create it for other people. And I get to see that like ROI instantly. It isn't something that I need to wait six months for an ad campaign with an influencer to produce. I actually have an active role on activating people and making them like have a great time and feel really good about themselves. And so what what has been a hurdle since you've oh, taken gosh. over? <laughs> No, one or a hundred. I mean, it's 19,000 square feet of business. It's not just one thing. It's not just a bar or it's not just a restaurant. It's a bowling alley with a snack bar. It's a pool hall with pool tournaments. You know, it's a, it's a bar and lounge. It's a dart uh, establishment. Like it is a lot of stuff under one roof. And that is a lot to juggle. And I think you know, besides sort of the brass tacks of understanding how to fix a bowling machine if it goes down or who to call if the pool tournament is running off the rails or something like that, it is, it is, where do I prioritize? Like, where do I focus my time? That's probably been like the craziest thing. And, and because I've gone into uh, other businesses and helped them optimize, I, I had that on lock, right? I knew how to do that for a sales driven organization and monetization in advertising. Uh, not so much here. So it's probably been really difficult to say, all right, this is where I'm gonna prioritize. This is where I'm gonna lean in and spend my time so I can actually make a difference. That that goalpost moves constantly, but gosh, I've only been doing this for three months. So I'm gonna give myself a little grace yeah. um, and, and know that, I, that that will come. And that I also, um, I have a tendency to not ask for help because I've been the helper. And so I have to ask for a lot of help, a lot of help from my staff, a lot of help from the community, giving me a download. How was this place a month ago, a year ago, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and so asking for more help is, is also something that I need to make sure I do a little bit more often. Yes. And that is one thing that entrepreneurs do not do is ask for help. <laughs> Yeah. We're the helpers. Exactly. We're the ones that are coming in to solve the problems. And But not only are we strategic, we're doers. It's a really, so it's hard to stop us sometimes from getting into those places, but it's also obviously what makes us all successful. Right. So what motivates you? Mm. 
Well, I mean, I think it, it goes back to what I was saying before is like seeing and being with people and seeing immediate changes right before your eyes. Like, and, and also seeing things not work and know that they didn't work nearly immediately and being able to sort of pivot quickly and make changes. The great example is like we put in these dart boards. I know this sounds crazy for me to even talk about dart lanes. Yeah. But it's, it, I, it makes so much sense to me now. Three months ago, it wouldn't have, but we put these dart lanes in and they just sat there and no one was freaking playing on these dart lanes. We're like, holy shit, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to get people to play on? I didn't know you, if you build it, they will come. Actually doesn't work, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and so my husband and I are just sitting in this empty lounge looking at these four, you know, brand new, beautiful dartboards and going, what the hell are we going to do? And I think I must have went on Facebook and saw another bars promoting a tournament, a, a luck of the draw tournament. And Brady, my husband is like, let's just do that. We'll do that on Tuesdays. And I was like, all right, sounds good. And then we just did it. And I mean, the first night was great. The second time was even better. I mean, last night we did it and we had, I don't know, 10 or 12 teams show up super organically. People are loving it. I, I think like you're seeing things change in real time and that is awesome. And it goes back to what I was saying too, is like, these guys now all know each other. There, there are many people that come to the start thing that never knew one another. And now you see them walk in and they're high-fiving each other. You know, there's definitely some banter and shit talking, but that's the way it should be, right? But is that that kind of stuff, It, I never don't want to go there. I never don't want to get up on a Monday morning and go and figure out how we're going to make this even better than it already is. Well, and I also think once you put together, like I'm a big supporter of just doing it and then once you put it out there then let the people decide whether or not they're going to participate yeah there's nothing you can't walk back from yeah you know there's nothing that you can't go at i tried it and i failed the worst thing is that you never tried it so another part of my history is i ran um online coaching groups for people that wanted to start their own business or people who wanted to make a career change and one of the titles of my programs was stop getting ready start getting started. And so what you just said, Polly, is like, so me, which is like, let's just go, let's just try it. It's good. And it might not work. But like, if I just sit here and try to over plan and overthink and over over, it's potentially not ever going to get off the ground. And then I'm never going to get the feedback that I need on to whether or not it's going to work. Right. right? And if you have supporters that just will show up, you can just say, you know, the first one, I'll comp you dinner. And then yes. next week, you know, like it will, it, it just takes time. It takes time for people to re, you know, kind of reposition their schedules because everyone's so much more right. busier than they were, you know, a few years ago. And so, 100%. you know, I just think it's, it's a matter of putting it out there. And if you don't put it out there, then you fester in your mind. <laughs> you know, oh God, yeah. what if we do this? What if we don't do this? And uh, anyway, so it's just a matter of being a doer. So uh, yep. good for you. Oh, thanks. So, oh, thanks. Trust me, it was clunky at the beginning. It wasn't perfect by any means. And we asked for a lot of feedback and you'd be surprised how nice people actually are. People are actually a lot nicer than you think they are. They will, they will, they, they are, they are you. We're all each other, right? So oftentimes they'll see you and they'll say, hey, I'm going to give you some advice or hey, people are generally lean on being a little bit nicer than I think we think they are. Yeah. Yeah. No, people are, especially when uh, they, you give them, <laughs> they want feedback. You want feedback. <laughs> especially when you buy them a beer. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I guess my next question is what tips can you give entrepreneurs? Mm, I think we just said them all, actually. Okay. It okay. is. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a leap 
before before you look, you know, calculated risk. But there, I, you have to find a way to train your mind like a freaking Olympian to overcome that narrative that says this is going to be too hard. You're not good enough. You're not big enough. It's not easy enough. Somebody else has done it already. Like finding a way, because by the way, it doesn't ever go away. And you can look at all of the most successful people. I've studied many, many, many of them. I'm a personal development junkie. They all have that voice. It, their secret to success is the ability to manage that voice. So it is like, stop that voice as much as you can and go and do it. And I do think like people are made up. There's I, I, As I ran teams insides of organizations, I looked for the doers and the strategy people, right? Because strategists weren't necessarily doers and doers weren't necessarily strategists and finding those combinations. The cool thing about entrepreneurs as we're both and that makes us successful as I previously stated, but it's also finding the balance of like, where do I need to stop my strategy? Which by the way, could become overthinking real easy. And when do I start doing? And then when do I know when to stop on the doing and going back or that is not easy. And so if you can kind of pick up the thread here, it's all mental. It's all mental and it's all that management of your mental state and being willing to say look man that didn't work and that's okay and it's okay if it's all my fault that's not it's okay if it's all my fault because that means that i actually just get to learn it and i get to take in that feedback i get to get the roi and i get to go back to the drawing board iterate iterate relentless execution and iteration is like it's that's it and all of this is in the head yeah. Does that answer your question? I can yeah, answer it, that it question is. for and days. It, and if you listen to a lot of business podcasts, it's all about the fear. It's all about yeah. the podcast host talking to the listener to say, just like what we said before, just do it because that's the only way you're going to know whether it's going to be a success or a failure. Yep. A hundred percent. So and you'd be surprised. Like so many people are not even nearly as smart as you, but they're doing it right. They're like 10% as smart as you are, but their secret to their success is the doing right. It's so don't be afraid that yes. you're not good enough or not smart enough. Just go for it. Yeah, that is right. I mean, I look at some people and I think really, but it's because they did it. They did it. Yep. So that's, true. Uh, that's the best education. Yes. So how, tell us, uh, how do listeners get a hold of you if they have any questions? Come and find me. I love talking if you can't tell. <laughs> I mean, Instagram and, you know, all the social media, right? You can find me at all of the Madsons handles, Madsons Bowling and Billiards on both Facebook and Instagram. I am Sarah Joy Madsen on TikTok and then Sarah Joy Madsen on Facebook and Instagram as well if you want to just go personal. But I answer both. I run both because the last... 11 years, if not 14, I spent in social media marketing. That's where I lean in the most. If I don't know what to do, I do that. It's, I gotta tell you this one thing, my husband, one day we were like a little bit stalled, like, holy shit, there's so much to do. Where do we start? And he said that he is inspired by a line from The Office, which we're obsessed with The Office. Yes, so probably cycled children. through that. Yes. Right? And it was, it, it was Jim saying to Michael, you gotta do something just do something. And just the way that he just says it with his emphasis, you're just like, just do something. And so we just get up and we just do something. Um, and that, and, and I mean, that, that, that drives us. Yeah. Yeah. This has been so, so nice to talk about all of this. I feel yeah. like I'm like getting, I'm airing out some cobwebs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to have you back and I want to thank you for being on the podcast. 
Thanks, Polly. I'm so glad that you walked into EJ's lounge one night and we got to see each other. Yes. And and become friends. Yes. Thank you. So we'll we'll have you back on. We have multiple things to talk about. <laughs> oh gosh, I know. I just scratched the surface. Okay. It's fun too. Like it's super fun to talk about this stuff. Hopefully, I can inspire somebody to sort of make make a move that they've been like sort of scared to make. Yes. That's the whole thing with the podcast is just to do it. So uh, anyway, thank you very much. And we look forward to having you back. Thanks, Polly. Bye. Thank you for listening to Down to Business in Lincoln. If you own a business or have a friend that would like to be interviewed on the podcast, please send an email to downtobusinesslincoln at gmail.com. We would love to discuss what makes you successful. 